Welcome, spiritual baddie. You must be trying to navigate this messy journey of life while still having an abundant mindset. Sometimes shit hits the fan, but you know it's going to be okay in the end, even when it doesn't feel like it in the moment. This podcast is truly for those who simply get it. You know when you meet someone and they just get you without over-explaining? It's like a karmic bond, you know? We're here to talk it out so that you can feel more at ease with whatever you are going through in life. We're the bestie you can turn to during your 58th dark night of the soul and also the one you call up when you're celebrating the manifestation you've literally been calling in for the last 10 years. We're not here to put up a front because no one really has it all together all the time. So let's break down the walls. You can expect raw and open conversations on relationships, career, and life overall with a spiritual and astrological twist. Fuck the rules, fuck signing off emails professionally, and let's glow the fuck up. I'm super excited for this conversation today. We have Shay of Amethyst Minds. So me and Shay actually met very recently and we became kind of really good friends randomly. She messaged me on D- through the DMs on Instagram. We decided to do a trade with each other and then we just it just blossomed into this friendship so i'm excited to get into our conversation today shay is a spiritual healer she is a pisces sun aries moon taurus rising and she is a two four emotional manifesting generator so welcome shay hi i'm so happy to be here to be on the show I'm so excited. So how about we start off with you just telling us a bit about your story, your background, how you got here, the whole story, all of that. Okay, I will do my best to give you the highlights, the Cliff Notes version, because I really decided from a young age that I was going to take the scenic route to get here for sure. So growing up in... um. Alberta, kind of a country, Western kind of place. I always kind of felt like an outsider when I was a kid. So growing up, I was always communicating with like animals, looking for gargoyles. I always thought my neighbors were like vampires or some kind of mythical creatures. So the reason I'm even bringing that up is just to say like, I've always kind of had one foot in the alternate realms of reality but being an odd kid like school stuff like that was pretty hard so around grade 10 I actually started taking drugs with my friend that I had made I started with marijuana and then I moved to press pills to ecstasy taking it in school I was 15 at the time and that just begun a decade-long addiction where I tried pretty much anything I had a fear of needles like even though I have so many tattoos and piercings I had a fear of needles so like by the grace of the universe I never did heroin or anything like that Um, but I was a hairdresser I was a personal trainer I was just trying to find a way to fit in feeling so lonely and disconnected from myself feeling so lonely and disconnected from source which I believe I was just like looking for that connection Um, I don't consider myself an addict of any one substance. I would consider myself an addict of escapism, which is also like, 
a shadow side of Pisces for sure. So I had a decade long drug addiction, like very intense, lots of dangerous things happened during that time. But also because I was so free and wild, like lots of beautiful things happened. Like I flew to LA and hitched a ride to Burning Man, like got lost in Reno, met the guy who started Burning Man. He invited me to fly on a plane with him. So we flew in Burning Man and um, I went to the Amazon rainforest. I lived off the land. I was there for two months, like eating piranhas and giant spiders was very hard um so there was lots of like beautiful moments because I just was very much at a place of hilariously trusting the universe even though I wouldn't have considered myself to be awakened during that time so then when I turned 25 I decided um my emotions were all over the place I had like serious depression I was suicidal I was doing like a gram of Coke to get out of the bed at set, like out of my bed at seven in the morning to even get up to go to work, drinking a Mickey of vodka every night before I went to bed to try to sleep after like doing drugs and stimulants all the live long day. And so I decided like, okay, this is it. Like you either have to try to get sober because we just can't do this anymore. We're not going to make it or you're going to have to start shooting heroin and just like move out on the street. And that will be that. So I decided to try to get sober. I made it eight months. And during this eight month process, I really connected in with like guides, angels, um, unconditional self-love, like utilizing my heart chakra to have an abundance of love, but there still seemed to be this piece that was missing. So in the, after about eight months, I relapsed, told myself I was going to go to treatment. Um, and then it's just been like an uphill climb ever since. Actually, my anniversary of my sobriety is August long weekend. And this will be my 10 year anniversary of being sober um, this August long weekend. So kind of went through that battle then during this time period of being sober I had a therapist originally I just white knuckled it because I didn't think I had a problem I just thought I was a person who had bad habits and bad friends and like kind of went the wayward way and things just snowballed out of control I never considered myself someone with a problem um until I started trying to like drink again because I was like oh I'm not an alcoholic like I should be fine but that just my moods everything was just like very intense and then about two years into my sobriety I fell again into this like very intense depression got a therapist started seeing her every day for a year or sorry every week for a year and then at the end of the year she's like okay well you're stable now um, but actually she's like, I have never done this before, so please don't record me. But she said that my guides have actually brought me to her in order for her to start teaching me like tarot, astrology. We did a lot of stuff like fighting demons. We actually had a bit of a business where people would call us to do like exorcisms, exorcisms on their house for a while. 
we would like go with these people to like hunt, like go to see aliens or try to find hate aliens and like Sasquatch in the woods, um, talk to fairies, like all sorts of new age things, witchcraft, like intention setting, like uh, quantum jumping in terms of like time travel forward and backwards. Um, and during this time, I was just so emotionally wrecked from the trauma, you know, that I experienced when I was a drug addict in terms of like relationships and connection, we formed like a sisterly bond that eventually eroded because she, it's a very like common thing I have noticed, or I've seen a lot in my business where someone who's like a powerhouse light worker will get what I refer to as like taken out by like a narcissist energy. There's like this person, this test that comes forward to be like, are you going to choose what you think is true cosmic divine, like twin flame love, or are you going to choose yourself? So we drifted apart. It was very hard at the time, just because she was also, she was my therapist and then my best friend. So it was like a really intense, like transitional period, but I'm so grateful for it now because it taught me how to stand on my own two feet during this, that time period. I always considered like my magic was in association with this person. She was more of like a battery pack. I was just kind of like not feeding off her energy, but almost like gleaming the leftovers of her light. I never considered myself to have that kind of value so we healed from that and started standing on our own two feet started learning like actually putting in the action into what it is that you're learning you know in the spiritual practice I feel like sometimes people kind of like consume 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 knowledge and they just keep it on like a shelf they never mm -hmm. put it into play so I started putting everything into play like making moves but there was still this part of me that just couldn't be healed. I had an anxious slash like disorganized attachment. I was still somehow attracting partners that were like somewhat abusive or even just like very cold robot robotic, like would neglect me um, in terms of abuse. So I kept realizing like, okay, I'm the common denominator here. There must be something that I'm just like, I can't, if I can just find this one switch, like I'll figure it out. Um, during this time, I was working at a breakfast diner and randomly this girl came up to me, this girl I worked with, uh, who's a really good friend still to this day. And she said, we've never talked about anything our whole time we knew each other. She comes up to me, she's like, have you ever had an Akashic record reading? And I was just like, oh my God, who is this lunatic for one thing? And then two, I had heard about the Akash like in passing, just whatever, never really looked into it. And then she told me that she had had like a life-changing healing slash reading with this woman. Obviously I was like, this is it. Like I had been asking for a sign. I was like, this is it. This strange, like short bossy girl has just brought me what I needed from the universe. And so... I booked an appointment, instantly hooked. So my first Akashic record reading, um, 
she just told me that I was like a warrior from another planet mm -hmm. that I had come here for the Ascension timeline. Um, that like she healed a bunch of stuff surrounding like abandonment, like all the abuse, sexual, mental, physical, like whatever kind of abuse that is out there. I experienced as a drug addict. Um, and so we just like healed so much. Like I felt so much lighter when I left her office that instantly I got all the books I could started reading about it. Um, then, uh, what happened? Oh, then this woman, her whole family passed away in an avalanche. So she quit her business. She's like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I have grief. She told me, she actually reached out to me personally. and was like, I just want you to know, like, I know we kind of had this vibe where we we're going to start working together and I was going to mentor you, but my two sons and my husband, they were killed. So I'm just, I'm out of the game. I'm, I have to take care of myself. Like I need to go. She had her own like path. So I was like, Oh God, what am I going to do now? Like I'm already invested. And as someone who has quite a few planets in the eighth house, like I get obsessed. Like when I want to learn something, when I want to know something and it's like quite woo woo and obscure and like weird, I am tunnel vision. Like everything else falls to the wayside. I'm just like eating butter noodles, like reading books on the Akashic records. Can't even be bothered to like eat real food. I'm just like so much butter and salt noodles. Um, And then so I'll quit that job, got a new serving job. And then there was a girl there who was doing Kundalini yoga in the nighttime. And so I went with her to a class. Turns out the teacher does Akashic records. So I had an Akash booked an Akashic record reading with her. We went through all this stuff. We healed some stuff with like my own narcissistic person who like tried to put my light out, who I got away from. But in all our past lives, he brutally murdered me. So I just like was having a real hard time letting go. It was very intense. So the soul contract was around ownership and like, when I leave you, you die. And that's how it felt. And I couldn't figure out like, why can't I get over this person? It's been two years. I never stopped thinking about them, cried every day. So I get this Akashic record reading, go home that night and have this dream that I'm sitting at this woman's feet. She's wearing this like white head wrap and this white kind of like Kundalini outfit or whatever, you know, they wear all the white linen. So then I reach out to her the next morning as in true fashion, you know, like shoot my shot. I'm like, Hey, I had a dream about you. I know we just met. Um, but <laughs> I want you to train me. Like, do you take mentorees? Like what would it look like to learn under you? Cause she had so much knowledge like cosmic rays like she's been on the path since the 70s just taking like any class she can take she has like binders on binders on binders of like courses that she's taken on connecting with ascended masters and like using the different rays of light to heal the chakra system and like all these things that I just wanted to know like as soon as I met her I was like oh my god I just want to like be when I grow up <laughs> so she was like let me think about it I gotta meditate on it and then later that night she's like yes I will take you on so from now on she's like come to every kundalini yoga it was Monday night and she's like stay after and we'll do an hour of training so she attuned me with like regular um I'm unfortunately honestly I don't know all the names because I don't use my reiki but 
the Western Reiki, she attuned me with like holy fire, light Tyrian, angel healing, like all these attunements. It was a very intense energetic time in my life. The cosmic rays, the these like light rays in terms of color that were associated with like manifestation bridges connecting me to the earth to the seraphim angels like it was intense time and then COVID hit so and she has health problems like obviously we weren't supposed to be around each other regardless but she has some really intense health problems where if she was to catch COVID then she would probably like not make it out alive um and so we started doing our stuff online but COVID was just so intense that we kind of like put a pause on our training but the last thing we did was this Akashic record and the soul contract healing and reading within the Akashic record like teaching me what it is to look for like what the metaphors mean, how to tell when it's a metaphor or like a literal vision, um, meditation to like deepen my connection to the Akashic record. I had past lives in the Akashic records, like working in the record system. That's from like the Akashic records is in the dimension that I'm from like originally quote unquote, because there are so many facets to that category that we could never understand is like a human brain trying to compute but from my understanding like that's the planet I'm from where I was like a warrior and I decided to come it's in that similar band that similar dimension so yeah that's kind of what happened and then just over COVID like you know we we're all at home we're doing whatever so I started playing around like really in the Akashic record by myself like I would leave it open for a whole month which I would not recommend anyone do um ever <laughs> because you're only supposed to like open it for an hour when you're first learning and close it but I just would like leave it open asking the most absurd questions, like setting the most absurd intentions before I went to bed to like meet the ascended masters, to understand like quantum mechanics around X, Y, Z, like so many facets, but yeah. And then that's what kind of led me here. So originally in my business, I knew I had to be an entrepreneur. I hate when people tell me what to do. Like I, I have a vast like an opposition to authority like I'm just doesn't mesh well so I was like okay I need to have my own business otherwise I'm not like I don't know what I'm gonna do I can't serve forever like I can't have one more person like if I ask them how they are and they just snap at me and say that they want their coffee black instead of replying like I was like I'm my Aries is coming up I'm seconds away someone's gonna get it in a moment like I just was at my limit and so I actually hired a life coach. I had a friend. Well, we weren't friends at the time. I actually didn't like her when I first met her, but then when we re-met, I really enjoyed her. And she told me she got a life coach who helped her like be less of a dick, long story short. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to hire this person. Like he's going to turn my life around too. So I started with tarot and then I originally kind of got intimidated by how many people have a tarot business online. And I, slightly psyched myself out slash I started to get like kind of bored with it like I was like okay like you know you feel the need to expand and you're pushing against like the glass 
container you created originally for yourself. And that's when I just started doing originally Akashic Records. Um, now I've transferred into soul contracts, which I do read specifically in the Akashic Records, but my business is more surrounding helping people release, heal, and whatever else they need in terms of the soul contracts that they made before they came down here in order for them to feel lighter, to have more joy, and to call in like ease, grace, and inner peace within their life. A lot of people don't recognize that. Um, there are different types of soul contracts and they can influence like how you make money, how you accept love, how you attract love, how you see yourself. Like I had a soul contract when I first started doing this work that was anyone, almost anyone who was attracted to me, I felt like I had to have sex with them because I had a sex slavery contract. So I kept being like, I hope this isn't too much information, but I just was like, had a bit of a whole phase, you know? And I was like, okay, I'd like to stop this, but I feel powerless against this whole phase. Like, I'm like, oh, sorry. Like you've made extended eye contact with me and you're over six feet. Like, okay, like why not? <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I'd like to get off this ride, please. And so then I found that soul contract and I'm in my like, divine celibacy like relearning healing of the womb the sexual energy the sensuality and the divine feminine I've been working on that for the last few years but um yeah I guess then I saw you on TikTok and you were talking about like if you have Taurus Aries I think maybe Cancer and like Libra or something like that I can't remember but I I just love that your content was so specific and I since I have an Aries moon I have tons of Aries placements which you know and my Taurus rising I was like oh I really like that this person is specific for these signs just really I was like I just had such a good vibe and then I was like watched followed you watched a little bit more of your content and then I was like oh well like went to your Instagram and then shot my shot like I was just like hey <laughs> want to trade and that was that and then here we are. Here we are. We did it. <laughs> oh my goodness. I feel like you literally just described like all of your astrology placements just now and your story. I think it's so crazy because I know your chart pretty well now. And I just loved hearing everything you said because I'm like, well, you not liking authority is such an Aquarius and Aries trait. Like you have an you have an Aquarius Mercury, Aries Moon. I think you have an you have an Aries Venus as well. Aries Venus and I think Aries Jupiter too. Mm. And then like Sagittarius Mars, which I don't know why I threw that in there. It just felt important. <laughs> that makes sense. I think you're I think let me let me pull up your chart here. I was like, I think your Jupiter. Oh yeah, your Jupiter is an Aries. Wow. That's amazing. And your your Mars in the eighth house, like all the obsessive eighth house energy. Also like death and rebirth and sexual mm. energy. I feel like that is very much eighth house. So that makes a lot of sense that you went through so much of that. The darkness. But like, 
let's dive a little bit deeper into the soul contracts because I do feel like that is very life-changing like when you did the Akashic record reading for me that was like the first time I ever had an Akashic record reading and I must say like I, I literally felt like this huge burden was lifted off of me that first session the next day I was like who am I I'm just like a new person and like it just felt so much lighter like all these things that I had tried to heal myself like I did all the healing work the cord cutting whatever and you know it worked I made some progress but I feel like the Akashic record reading was like cord cutting on steroids like that's how I could have described <laughs> it because you just helped me cut like 50 million cords whereas like I'm trying to do them you know one by one yeah there. But that was totally life changing. So I highly recommend like anyone listening to this needs to experience that because I feel like it just it just like helped me quantum leap so much faster. So tell us about like the different soul contracts and like the differences and just like a bit more about them. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll maybe do like a little blip about the Akashic records too for people who don't know why it's like important to the whole soul contract part of this answer um so the akashic records is a divine library of light where all information past present future time space reality dimension you name it like planetary cosmic galactic whatever um is held on you your soul so you everybody has akashic record boards that look out for them so I can never access information that's like not in your highest and best good. I just like to always throw that in there because it sounds intense when I say it. So in the Akashic record, um, what I, the soul contracts that I work with and have been told about and know uh, are soul con contracts that you make in the void. So when you're kind of waiting to be incarnated when you're in the void, you're kind of back with source chilling and like the love, like, woo la la la. And this is often when we sign up for things like, um, big changes. This is where you sign up for when you're going to awaken, when you have your dark nights of the soul, what kind of lessons in accordance with your spiritual growth are you going to have? Um, there can be like love, there's not often money stuff, but there can be stuff surrounding maybe like abundance, chakric stuff. If you have like a chronically blocked sacral chakra or any of the physical ailments that are associated with the chakras. And then we have karmic, con karmic soul contracts. So karmic is often stuff you accumulate when you're on earth. So we come down to earth, say you're, it's your first lifetime. You come down to earth, say it's medieval times. Okay. That was like a intense timeline for humans in like overall. So you come down, it's medieval times. You're like, la, 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 like separated from source. You come down to this cold, like hate filled world. <laughs> come right from love down to this place. It's bright. It's loud. It's stinky. You're just like, oh, this was a terrible idea, but you're here. You're learning. You're like, I'm going to learn on earth. Like. It is a privilege to come here. A lot of people think it's like a prison planet. I think it is what you believe it is. So there is, it's a privilege to be here. So you come down, 
But maybe what happens is you're a woman and you're about to be mugged in an alleyway walking home with like bread from the bakery for your family. And instead of getting mugged, you stab this guy in the throat. Sorry, that was pretty graphic. But so then that vastness of emotion creates karma, creates a karmic contract. Because you often will feel, depending if you're, you know, can have empathy, but you'll feel like shame, guilt, horror, probably fear about getting caught. You know, you're a woman in this timeline. It doesn't look good for you. And so maybe fear around what this person was going to do. So the those accumulative emotions create like a, a branding. And this is what it looks like visually. This is how they show it to me when I'm doing the work. And so this can also be like, if you get married in your lifetimes, you often have like a contractual vow that brings that person back into your life. You, if you grow up in a religious upbringing, you make vows around poverty, scarcity, selflessness, martyrdom, chastity, like all of these things, never having love. There's so many in the religious category of these that I could not even list them off in an hour. So those are just examples of like what we see. Um, also like curses, black magic, um, any time that maybe you s tried to sell yourself, like sell your soul to the devil or to like a demonic entity or like a negative chaotic entity, all of these things are more karmic. They linger with your soul, but they're only really accessible when you're on earth. They, it's not like you go up into the void and you're like, damn, like I really messed up doing that black magic and like sacrificing that kid. You know, when you're in the void, you don't remember anything. You're just like pure source energy. You're back in the place of love. But you will sign up for things, lessons, soul-based lessons, usually before you come back down. Or sometimes it could be like, say you have an ex-partner and they're abusive. You're both in the void. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to learn um, independence through pain I'm going to have an anxious attachment system, but I'm going to learn unconditional love through that. And then this other person's soul can come forward and be like, oh, I'll help you. And you like learn lessons together. So then you, when you're born, these soul contracts, they're like little golden strings that kind of connect you to the people and to the things you're meant to learn or experience. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah. No, okay, great. I, I was like, I love that example you gave at the end. Cause I think I was watching a TikTok video where someone was explaining that and it made me realize a lot of things like how our souls are making contracts with other souls in the void. Mm -hmm. And then that's why certain people in this lifetime might trigger us or might like offend us and in some sort of way might make us angry because mm -hmm. it's like our souls agreed to this and like they're supposed to be helping us but sometimes in our human like 3d form we obviously don't remember this contract yeah. and then we get pissed off and then we're like you know what is going on and you can either choose to see it in a negative way or like put in the effort to heal it so I love that like description of it yeah and I feel like something that people We've all had moments where we're like, why me? You know, there's pain, some awful things can happen. But what we don't, I think what a lot of people don't realize is like when we're in the void and we're signing up for things, 
there's no good or bad up there. They don't have pain. They don't have fear. They don't have anxiety or whatever. They all, everything is neutral. So it's like, if you're say on earth, you were a slave and you signed a slavery contract, maybe you were made to do it, especially if like what was popular back in the day was like with your own blood, you would sign the slavery contract. And so when you're in the void, you don't remember the pain that you experienced as a slave when you were beaten or like your knees were raw because you were scrubbing the floors or like whatever happened. You just get to the void and you're like, oh, well, that was fun. Like that was an adventure. That was a learning. We come here to like learn oftentimes like duality. There's like so many facets that we're trying to learn. But when you go up to the void, you have no idea. So say, and this is going to be maybe like an intense example but say you were sexually abused in a past life that because it's so horrific on this reality this plane where you feel the fear and the pain and like the shame and just like everything associated with such a horrific moment when you go to the void that can follow you because there's like neutrality so you're still trying to almost like learn the lessons associated with what your soul thinks is neutral about that moment in the void. And those things can follow us. So oftentimes if I have a client who has been maybe abused at many different times in their life, or, you know, they keep attracting partners who are abusive, it's from like an aggressive past life with them that created karma had to be solved and then followed them into this incarnation of who they are now. So soul contracts, in my opinion, are so vastly important because, and I just want to say like, not all soul contracts can be removed. Sometimes there are things that have to be learned, period. I hate it, but it's just the truth. Like you can't always erase things that your soul was like, no, we're learning this this lifetime. Like I don't care what you say, but there are these little pieces that come forward that can make the instances better. And that's what they often bring me in the Akashic records. Like your higher self will come forward, your ascended masters who look out for you, the angels who look out for you, they'll bring what can be released that you, it's not that when you signed up for it, it wasn't valid, but it's just like, almost that energetic branding that has just followed you that is sometimes useless on the path that you've chosen so say you awaken and you're like on this path to enlightenment even though that's soul divine that's a soul contract that's um you know soul destiny for lack of a better term you still technically have the free will of being a human to get off at any time you could you know murder someone that would take you off your awakened path. You know, like there are things that you could do, but like, so I can't, there's nothing like, I'm not all powerful in the Akashic Records, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like I can only take the pieces that are in your highest and best good to be removed. And oftentimes they are contracts with like ex-partners who were abusive in past lives, who, you know, you may be, still think about even though you're in a healthy happy relationship but you still dream about them like dream clearing soul contracts in terms of the dream realm i do a lot of that because usually when people try to like get back in to feed on your energy they come in through the dream world mm. 
Wow. It's such a Pisces season topic to be talking about the dreams because I feel like the dreams have been absolutely wild lately. I don't know if you've been feeling it, but have you had some crazy dreams lately? I've had crazy dreams, like very vivid, but so boring. Mm. (laughs) I was talking to my best friend yesterday about it because I had this dream that I was hanging out with this guy and I didn't even want to like sleep with him in the dream. I just wanted to cuddle. And we were staying at like an Airbnb and the room we were in had one bed and there was another room with two beds. And I was like trying to convince him not to go to the two beds. Cause like, I didn't want to sleep by myself in the dream. So boring, but I wouldn't like, he wanted to sleep with me, but I wouldn't sleep with him because I hadn't shaved my legs and my leg hair was too long. That's it. Then I woke up and I shaved my legs because I was like, is that a sign? I don't know. But like, so boring. Literally the most boring dream you could have. Like, I was like, oh, my leg hair is too long. I can't sleep with you. That's so weird. <laughs> so weird. What do you feel I like? I woke up and I was like, you? what a waste of a dream. Why would you do that? Who cares about my leg hair? Like, take me somewhere cool. You, I was, I was choked about it, actually. I was like, ah, waste. Waste yeah. of a dream. That's so funny. Do you feel like there was any deeper meaning to that dream specifically? Because I feel like I always try to like interpret these dreams. I remember thinking in my dream. Well, actually, I didn't really look into it because I woke up and I was like, I just shaved my legs. I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Um, I usually look into the deeper meaning of dreams, but when they're boring like that and they, because I remember it like ran like the dream time was parallel to this reality time. It wasn't the kind of dream where like you kind of skip ahead, the rooms somehow turn into the forest, which is like connected to the middle of the ocean and you're underwater all of a sudden, you know, you have those ones. It was all very methodical and it was actually like an ex-partner who I haven't thought about in a long time. But I remember even in my dream being like, what are you even doing in here? You absolute idiot. Like what? And then he was like, kind of trying to convince me in the back of my mind, I was like, trying to play it off. Like, Oh no, it's okay. Like, I just want to cuddle. But really in my mind, I was like, damn, my leg hair is too long. Like, thank God I never shaved. That is so interesting. I find, okay, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this. I feel like I have dreams more about people who are not in my life anymore, like after the fact And I don't usually dream about them too much when they are still in my life. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you ever have that experience or like, do you usually, what are your dreams like with people, you know, I find with people I know, I feel the same actually. Like, unless I'm in an intense conflict with somebody, I usually have dreams with people I know when I'm not being truthful with myself in terms of being honest about something that someone's doing to me that I don't like, Mm. which I don't have very often anymore, but say even in like the last, say six months ago, even, um, I had someone in my life, a friend that I didn't want to have to like, let go of, even though she wasn't treating me the way that I felt I deserved to be treated. So I was holding it in, holding it in, holding it in. But in my dreams, I would have dreams where I was telling her off. Like I would have dreams where maybe I was the one who was being neglectful of the friendship. And like, but as soon as I had that confrontation, like um, it went away. But I 
do know that when like sometimes with people you create even energetic cords that stay longer than the person has stayed they get like secretive just to still kind of be around and i think there's something to be said about you know people maybe feeding off your energy from afar and almost like sending you little energetic darts to make you think about them even if it is in the dream world to send them energy and i think that we can use the dreamscape to release the last like pebbles or fragments or shrapnel of somebody's existence in our minds so it's like sometimes it's letting go sometimes it's a warning um so you may just have to feel into like what's the overall energetics of the dream are you running from someone are you confused like i'm sure you've had those kind of dreams where you're like at a house party and you're trying to find someone but they're always like in the next room or you can just see the back of their head and you're like trying to get through the crowd you know what i mean So, yeah, Pisces season, such an intense <laughs> dream time. So intense. That's an interesting one you mentioned about how you're trying to find someone you can't. I feel like the reoccurring dream I always have, if I'm feeling stressed, is that yeah. I'm like running away from someone. And sometimes mm. it's like an animal sometimes, or sometimes it's like a serial killer. Yeah. Um, or like someone's trying to break into my home. And I feel like it's just general feelings of like unsafeness, yeah. I guess absolutely yeah but what was what's the other one do you ever associate like when you eat a certain food and then you get a dream like okay because way back well I don't usually drink vodka a lot and then one mm -hmm. time I had it like a couple of years ago and then I dreamt that the serial killer was like gonna knife me and I was like I associated with because I drank the vodka so I had that dream oh interesting yeah I feel like if I drink dairy or drink mm. or eat like whatever dairy cheese ice cream especially dairy with sugar it really gets to me like or yeah chocolate is a big one too ice cream or chocolate if I eat that even like three four hours before I go to bed I'm I'll have like crazy nightmares my dreams are so vivid and I've heard quite a few people say that dairy like gives them insane dreams interesting mm -hmm. that's interesting I haven't noticed with dairy I usually sometimes if I have a little bit of cheese or ice cream it actually helps me sleep better it puts me into this like food coma I don't know <laughs> oh interesting yeah, I love that. I love cheese. We were just talking about dairy, I think, the other day about how yeah, cheese totally. is life. Cheese is life. <laughs> it's life, especially for all the tourist placements. Oh, my God. A tourist. Yeah. Tourist rising. I was uh, we were talking. I told my friend the other day, like my best friend yesterday, how we were talking about how like tourist risings have a challenging time with like intuitive eating because we always want to like be bougie mm. and she was laughing at me because she was like yeah that's 1000% you like I need a routine I need someone to tell me in that category what to do because if I'm left up to my own devices I'm like yeah I think I do need to buy this like $200 truffle oil for my eggs in the morning like so ridiculous ridiculous Oh my God. I completely relate. I feel like I've recently in this season of my life, I've been meeting a lot of Taurus risings. 
Hmm. So I don't know. I feel like different seasons of my life, I'll meet like different people. Well, my best friend is a Taurus rising. You're a Taurus mm-hmm. rising. I met this other girl who's an astrologer who is a Taurus rising. But previous to that, I kept meeting like Taurus moons all the time. Oh. But I know, well, in my draconic chart, I have a seventh house in Taurus. So maybe that's why I always attract them because they're like meant to teach me something about my soul or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I find Taurus such a funny, like as a Pisces, you know, if you follow just like right when you know when you first start learning anything about astrology, you often look up like what's the best compatible sign for me, you know? And they always would say like Taurus, Capricorn, cancer and i feel like those are my almost least compatible signs least like if i'm with my taurus rising like i didn't realize how stubborn i was until someone told me which was literally only a year ago like i always thought i was chill and then my friend just like laughed so hard she laughed so hard she cried i was like i'm not stubborn she just started like dry heaving she was laughing so hard i was like okay that's a little intense but thank you that is so funny so funny I was just like okay so does that mean yes I am stubborn I'm being stubborn about being stubborn I'm like I'm not stubborn (laughs) I actually I agree with that I feel like I feel like those compatibility reports or whatever they're never Mm. I don't know I feel like there's so many nuances that you can't Mm. ever look at it just like oh a plus b and you're going to be compatible because I actually find that I get along better with people who have a lot of contrasting placements than me. Mm. Like if they're too much exactly like me, I feel like we go through so much of the same struggles that sometimes it's hard because we're mirroring each other so much. Yeah. But then if they're kind of different, it's kind of like, it feels more balanced to me. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense actually. Cause I find like in my life, like some of the most compete people I was the most compatible with is Gemini like everybody's most hated sign and I think it's the most hated sign on the internet Gemini and Scorpio but um like I just I really vibe with them it's so funny which maybe even makes sense like I know my part of fortune and like and my Chiron are both in Gemini so I'm not sure why I thought that that correlated but I do. In my mind, well, it makes think, sense. I'm like, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I think sometimes it's like you're attracted to those signs because they're meant to like teach you something in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense that like, you're part of Fortune and you're Chiron or in Gemini. So it's like these Gemini placements are here to just teach you how to yeah. heal. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think my biggest relationship, the most I learned good and bad like what I hated this person for and what I admired them for would correlate with my part of fortune because I felt like this person he wasn't spiritual but he was somehow an excellent manifester so he would just get whatever he wanted he had like that expectation and that belief and like there was just like ease to in my opinion like ease to what he would bring forward But then he also taught me like my most intense lessons about like what love is supposed to be, what it's not supposed to be, how to be supported, like so many facets that would probably correlate between a traditional like point blank Pisces sign and a point blank like Gemini. 
so interesting. Astrology really is like the coolest. It is. I feel like when <laughs> previously, I don't know if you did this, but then, or you do this, but um, when I was like dating, I would kind of formulate like these signs in my brain that I thought would be like the perfect match for me. Mm -hmm. And then it was funny because I felt like I would almost manifest it during that time, like when I was dating people. And then I remember meeting this one person and he had like pretty much all the signs I thought that would be compatible with me. Like I had formulated mm -hmm. this chart, this made up chart in my mind. But then I met him and zero attraction. Like, just like, <laughs> like, it was like, like he wasn't a bad person. Just like the first date, zero attraction. I'm like, oh my God, I don't like this person at all. Like I don't oh want to touch God. them. <laughs> and like, so I just fun. never talked to them again after that. And then the partner I'm with now is like nothing like I thought the chart would be but mm -hmm. in a way it, it works so it's just weird yeah I think a lot of people forget to take it in like forget to take into account all the nuances of like the planets the degrees the houses and like how it all correlates like for a while I was like a big fan of co-star even though I know it's not in depth you know it's like it's just for fun but I was on like when I was dating couple of years ago or whatever I was on like Bumble and I wouldn't even meet someone in real life unless they added me on CoStar and I could like share compatibility but it never helped me didn't it didn't matter that's so funny I feel like every astrologer now like shames CoStar because it's just like <laughs> not a great app but I did the same thing when I was dating I asked this was I feel like before astrology got really crazy like before TikTok I would mm -hmm. literally ask every guy for his chart and I would plug it into the pattern app I don't know if you've used that oh pattern but it makes up like this intense story but the thing I noticed about it is that I would put multiple people in there and the message would be almost similar because I'm like mm -hmm. I feel like this is my soul's lesson because it would tell me a very similar thing about myself and then I'm like okay it sounds like it doesn't even matter who I'm with it's literally something I need to learn it's not the other person that makes a lot of sense because especially if like I believe we have lots of soulmates like you don't just have one and I don't adhere to the twin flame thing like I I can't even get into it right now I will go off on a rant that you just like don't even want on your podcast <laughs> but um I think that if you're manifesting like a specific soulmate like maybe the one that will be the most compatible in this lifetime um that everybody else is just a lesson, like preparing you for the time in which you're going to meet this person and like healing all the things within yourself that need to be healed. So you can be safe to be like interdependent in relationship instead of uh, codependent. Totally. I feel like we talk about that a lot and how like mm -hmm. manifesting, like you have to detach so much and just like not force things. Like what are what are your experiences with manifesting? Um okay, I've had quite a few. Like I find for me my manifesting is at its best when I'm in my like Pisces. Like growing up when I I hated being a Pisces. Like obviously, you know, you're growing up in like the drug addict world, being a vulnerable Pisces puts you at a disadvantage. So I kind of 
I'm born on the day that it turns from Aquarius. So I always would just pretend like I was like a cold, no offense to any Aquariuses that are listening to this, but like at the time I considered Aquarians cold and that is what I needed to like survive, you know, that shell. So, um, yeah. So, but now I find like my manifesting is its best when I'm in my Pisces, like delusional, like allowing myself. So when I was, um, well, I manifested like traveling through Brazil and Venezuela by bus and sleeping behind gas stations in a tent. I made it through that alive, which I would consider a manifestation. I got my Burning Man ticket before I went to that trip on LA. I was talking about when this podcast first started, but like I flew to LA. I stayed in this guy's like tiny boat in the Marina. I had no way to get there. So I manifested a free trip because everybody wants you to like pay, which is fair, you know, but I manifested a trip, like a free trip to a free drive, free ride. Um, I've manifested, I think in terms of money, my biggest manifestation was 25,000 at once, like a full check. And then I manifested um, a Betsy Johnson purse, a jacket. And I think I've manifested love, but none of it really worked out. Like it was things I thought I wanted, but I didn't really want. So it was more the universe being like, oh, are you sure about this? Because you don't really want it. So I wouldn't even consider those. But um, and then I manifested like living in a house by myself, too. I love it. How did you manifest the money like that time that you said it came in one check? I got a check. I wrote like void on the back right just in case someone like found it even though when I first wrote it would have just bounced anyway so it's not a big deal but I wrote 25,000 and every single day I got up I was in this very weird stage where I thought like drinking a liter of water first thing in the morning as soon as you like got up was healthy and good for you so I'd get up get my liter of ice cold water to chug at once like chug it all as fast as you can so I would chug my water while I would I had the check pinned to my wall and I would stare at the check (laughs) unblinking and I'd be like you are mine like just like really tunnel vision it was quite a few years ago I was working at this lodge this fishing lodge doing their housekeeping um and I just would stare at it like I was like I'm gonna make $25,000 like above what they're paying me it has to be either in tips or like whatever I was like if it falls on me if I stumble on like you know some fancy jewelry I can pawn it I don't care how it comes in but it's coming so I just stared at the check and anytime a thought came in that was like you're acting like a lunatic if anyone could see you right now you would be committed like I just was so intense like probably two inches from the check every day just burning it into the back of my brain after I chugged all this water and I was like nauseous and probably got cold you know like because you know you drink such cold water your body gets cold takes so long to heat up so I'm like shivering staring at this check and then I just kept telling anytime any disbelief came in I would be like no sorry like you're not welcome here like during this time period I think 
I was talking to myself a lot out loud too. So I would just like yell at myself. And that's how I did it. <laughs> well, but how did the money actually come? It came in, somebody came, like I was at this remote lodge and it just came in big tips. Like wow. I was a, hilariously, like my attention to detail comes in the form usually of competition. If I'm not like, sometimes forcing it which I know we're not supposed to do but sometimes I have to I was diagnosed with ADD however people feel about that I don't care like I need to force myself sometimes because I don't want to take the medication so when I was a housekeeper I was always in competition with these girls who were servers who I hated it was a long time ago very petty okay so and they would talk about how much money they made and they would go to like the bar and like flirt with the guys who came to fish and then one day I was just like I'm gonna crush these girls like <laughs> and that was it and then it was just like it came in through like I took such good care of these people who came to this absurdly expensive like American fishing lodge that they were giving me like $2,500 a week they were just like paying me or like I know I don't know if that math like adds up but, like generally I think the lowest check I had was like $2,500 just from cleaning their rooms always making sure they had like towels. I implemented this process to bake them fresh cookies. So for, when they came home from the lake, there was like always cookies, fresh milk. Like I was like at their beck and call crazy, like doing their laundry, which was like above and beyond. We didn't have to do that, but I just was like leaving them notes. Like it was maybe not the most professional thing. Like, Oh, have a good day. Like, just like whatever. And using my Pisces nature I had like white blonde hair at the time so I just like looked very angelic and I felt like I just really got away with a lot of things that were not appropriate during that time because I would just like open my eyes really wide and like blink my eyelashes and be like what do you mean it's inappropriate like what do you mean it's unprofessional but the whole time I knew what I was doing and then yeah and then by the end of the summer so by the end of the three months then I had the 25,000 wow and then I yeah, ran off to Peru to do ayahuasca in the jungle. And then I can't <laughs> practice it after that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I feel like that's so Aries of you to like need to be in competition. And also your Mars in the eighth house, like the Scorpio mm -hmm. energy is like, I need to be challenged or like I need to be competitive. Yeah. And you have so many like it makes sense when you say when you're in that Pisces mode, you manifest best because you have so many 12th house placements. Like I'm looking at your chart. Your Jupiter is in the 12th house. Your North Node in Pisces in the 12th house. Mm -hmm. So you are just a Pisces queen. Yeah, I've recently been thinking, I think we've talked about this before, but how I was telling you, like I'm in what I'm considering my toxic positivity era, like for myself, other people do your own thing. I'm not going to be the kind of person who's like, if someone breaks their leg, like you manifested that, you know, <laughs> I'm not projecting it outwards. I'm just like holding myself to a very <laughs> high delusional standard right now, because for 10 years, now that it's going to be my coming upon a decade of being sober for 10 years, I've been on the hunt of healing. Like I've tried so many modalities. I've done so many things, like cleared so much. And I just realized like, within the metaphor of a garden, like my damn garden's weeded. It's, it's time for planting. And so I've just 
like you know i've been saying i'm in my own i'm in my toxic positivity era like dilute i'm delusional so don't even at me with the real life i told all my friends that i communicate with regularly i told them like unless it's positive like i just can't right now i love you so much but like i'm taking two months 60 days for myself to be absolutely ridiculously delusional so like if you're not in the mood to have an annoying positive person around you like don't call me I love you I'll see you on the other side like good luck you know um because I just yeah ever since we've been communicating I've just realized like leaning into that Pisces energy which I initially rejected growing up in like an emotionally unstable household not having needs met being vulnerable like la 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 you know the usual trauma of just like someone of my age and the generational you know parents having parents that were like second generation immigrants and like damn I forgot where I was going with that (laughs) the toxic positivity era yeah thank you I was like the thought literally just left the station like whisked away I was like damn I felt like I was really going somewhere with that that's so Pisces Um, Pisces strikes again yeah so especially with my north node in Pisces like and I feel like the universe just really like my big lesson I know for 2023 is trust and surrender on almost like an unheard of level I feel like like they're saying like literally just let us catch you let everything go enough stop trying to control things stop trying to like maybe prove a point or like whatever kind of subconscious limitations still linger because we are human you know I'm not perfect and I will never claim to be perfect so yeah the toxic positivity is just I'm really I want to be Luna from um, Harry Potter like I feel like that kind of airy fairy like trust in the universe logic that kind of like doesn't make any sense like really tapping into that just kind of like go with the flow energy no offense to my Taurus rising but it's just like it's taken a back seat for a minute so oh, I love that and I feel like it's the perfect time for it I feel like we we've been talking about that a lot and I feel similar like I think for you you were in this period of like your your Virgo south node just wanting to mm-hmm. heal everything always in this constant like improvement and I feel like I related to that very much like being in my Saturn return as well for mm-hmm. like the last three years and I was like I am over it <laughs> I am over yeah. all the negativity it's not even like we were negative but it's like constantly searching for something that was wrong with us to heal totally and then now we're like, it's over. Like, fuck it. Like, we're just going to be positive exactly. and Pisces and delusional. Yeah, because I think the funny thing about healing is, and this isn't to do, it's not that I regret my healing journey because I had a lot that like had to be healed. Like when you hear maybe Abraham Hicks or even Bashar say like, just heal it as it comes up. You don't have to hunt for it. Mm-hmm. Like when I started, I was like a hoarder kind of thing like things were at the front too many things were at the front and foremost like I had to go through that and I don't regret it because now I have like the compassion and the understanding of so many clients like pain like I'm like oh I can send them when I send them homework I send them links I send them like so much stuff in order to like make sure that they're protected and supported after a session and during a session and I just think that 
there's this kind of hilarious juxtaposition I've been thinking about like lately that like when you hunt for healing, you're telling yourself you're broken, which is merely just manifesting that you have something to fix. So you're just spinning around and around and around and around in this circle, trying to find out like, what is going to help me get off this ride. But understanding that you will never ever fix everything that needs to be fixed but you can find acceptance in the journey find acceptance in who you are flaws and all and that is really what you're looking for because within that inwards acceptance and that inwards connection it cultivates like a vertical connection to source and allows true divine love and authenticity and integrity to flow into you so you don't have to this is something I learned. Like you don't have to be lonely. You don't have to look for like outside influence for anything. And I know we hear that all the time in the spiritual community and it can be challenging to wrap your head around. If you are in a place like maybe you just broke up and your heart is broken and you're like, fuck, I just like wish I had, sorry about the language. I wish I had someone to like lay beside me at night. Like my bed is cold. I'm used to having someone here. I can't sleep kind of thing that this isn't to discredit that, but really at the end of the day through like source is all we need. And it's taken me a long time to realize that because I was doing so much external work, which fractalated internal, like it's not that I wasn't doing internal work, but really all I ever really needed was to work on the beliefs. Like I am worthy to connect to spirit. I am worthy to have that unconditional love. And once I switched my mindset into that mentality like that's when truly I was fine to be alone that's when truly it was you know I could not laugh at myself but I didn't get like super offended by everything anyone said I also was able to like forgive my parents and anyone in my past for any wrongdoing forgive myself all of these things are capable and they make your life easier but sometimes we have to like use like for example the soul contract it releases any perceived illusions or binds that keeps us from stepping forward or even being able to see these greater truths they can hold us down and kind of drag us down and cause us to feel like we're drowning and that's why i really love the modality because it helped me night and day like of all the therapists i've ever had like no shade if you are a therapist or you have a therapist or whatever i don't care do what you got to do but for me my life only truly really changed when i started doing soul contract work period like it's not even a question i had so many therapists for so many years like therapist after therapist after therapist like at least 3 huge ones that i saw for 2 years or more and it wasn't until I was in the Akashic Records and I was doing soul contract work that I realized like the reason nothing stuck is because I didn't forgive myself. So because I didn't forgive myself, I didn't think that I was worthy of the healing. So I was just blocking all my healing with that one piece. Not a single fucking therapist ever said anything like that to me. I found it myself in my Akashic Records. So, and then when I cleared it, I released it. Like there are many facets to which you can clear soul contracts, even on your own. Like I have that workbook where people can learn to do it themselves on my page if they don't want a one-on-one or they maybe want to like test it out for themselves. Right. But a therapist 
doesn't get into the quantum realm and like realize like, oh, in a past life, like you were abused by your partner and now this person is, you know, your boss and that's why your boss is such a dick kind of thing. Oh my God, I love that. I feel like I relate to that so much because similar to you, I was searching for a therapist for years. Like I went through so many therapists and none of them really felt like we just clicked, you know, because I mm-hmm. wanted to be really picky about who I was associating with, who I'm going to like pour my soul to. Totally. And then and then after that, I kind of like stopped looking for a therapist. And then I was like, okay, now that I'm in the spiritual awakening realm of my life, I was like, I need a therapist who also understands this stuff. Mm -hmm. which I also didn't really have any success in finding. And then the universe kind of led me more towards just more woo-woo spiritual stuff. Mm -hmm. You, the Akashic record stuff. And I do feel like similar to you that it was the most life-changing for me. Obviously, I think like in my journey, the universe kind of led me up to this point because then I did my own healing. You know, I put in the the work. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like if I had just jumped into, you know, soul contracts and all that stuff, it probably wouldn't have had the same effect. But I do agree that it was definitely the most life changing. And I feel like for people like us, it just worked a lot better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I never I try not to talk about this too much, because I I feel like there's just like so many ways that there could be misinterpreted, you know, like if a therapist works for someone, a therapist works for someone. But for me, I just felt like I was trapped in a labyrinth Mm -hmm. and the therapist was just like leading me into different, like, you know what I mean? Like they're maybe leading me, like, I'm not saying I never had any breakthroughs, but it wasn't the kind of work that happened when I truly sat down and like, I've read so many self-improvement, self-help, spiritual books, but it's like, it's not until I truly sat down and like got into the Akashic records for myself and soul contracts, cord cutting in and out of the Akashic records, like looking at karma, past lives, like all the things I do in my sessions it wasn't until that, that I really made moves because I had like, um, sexual abuse from a young age when I was four that I buried. I had a therapist once t- cause I was always curious, like, why did I become a drug addict? You know, like my childhood was like, we had money, but there was like not the emotional support as a Pisces and as a sensitive, like awakened child I needed. Right. So it's not that anything like in my mind originally, I was like, nothing truly bad happened. Like, have I just been being like over dramatic this whole time? You know, like, why did I do this? And then it wasn't until the Akashic records that I uncovered this sexual abuse and cleared it. And as soon as that cleared, I felt better. Like as soon as it cleared when I was younger and even like, honestly, like two years ago, okay. <laughs> two or three years ago, I was afraid of the dark. I had a nightlight, like I couldn't sleep in the dark, couldn't sleep with the door open. Like so intense I was worse when I was younger like throughout my whole life I've always been afraid of the dark as soon as I cleared the sexual trauma from when I was a kid I slept through the dark in the dark no problem like I still do have moments because sometimes I'll see things like ghosts or aliens or like miscellaneous things like moving around like doing whatever the frick they're doing so sometimes I still do get a little freaked out but yeah after I and no like 
so many therapists. My first therapist, who was like more energetically inclined, the one who taught me tarot and everything. I brought it up to her one time. Like, I was like, do you think I was sexually abused? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh, okay. Like she obviously knows best. What do I know? You know, even though there's so many reported cases about like almost every person I've ever met who has an addiction problem was sexually abused as a child. Like almost every single person I've met and I've met lots of people. I'm not saying that everybody has, but. Wow. That is so interesting. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Like no hate to therapists, but I feel like this is great to bring awareness to like, if you're someone who has been going to therapy and it just hasn't been, you know, doing it for you, there are other kind of modalities and methods that you can try, like yeah. the soul contracts, like Akashic Records, which I feel it could be an answer for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we definitely, well, so we definitely need you back on the podcast for a part two. I would love that. We will be scheduling because I feel like we could literally talk about everything forever for days. <laughs> <laughs> literally for days. But before we end off here, where can everyone find you online? So you can find me on Instagram um, at Shay Carnegie and then my TikTok, which I'm honestly more active on. But if you're going to DM me or you have questions, DM me on Instagram because on TikTok, I just, I miss it. I just, I don't know what happens. My mind just forgets that there's even messages on TikTok (laughs) anyways. So like, yeah. You can send me an email, shaycarnegie at gmail.com or on TikTok, it's shay underscore Carnegie. Um, and then my website is www.amethystminds.com. Amazing. I will definitely make sure to link everything in the description so people can go check you out. But is there any other like last words you want to share like about soul contracts, Akashic records, anything before we end off here? I guess kind of a last message that I have for anyone who's listening is just to know that even though you may be, if you have pain in your life, we all have pain, you have sore spots, you have triggers, maybe you've tried so many things and you're at this place of feeling hopeless or frustrated or just annoyed with the pain to really start to try to lean into the belief that anything is possible for you. Anything is possible to be for the, well, for the most part, you know, like to be healed and you can find relief and simply that you are worthy of relief. You're worthy by being born. You're worthy of love. You're worthy of, you know, all the joy and the magic that you maybe see in other people's lives. It's just a matter of like releasing the weight and letting these things go, healing them so that you can have more buoyancy. And I truly believe that like anybody can have that as long as they are looking in the right direction. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank Absolutely. you for joining us today. That was so fun. And stay tuned for a part two because that will be coming. But thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Glow Radio. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely take a screenshot, share it on your stories and tag me at astrobabe1234 so I can make sure to reshare it. And if you want to continue spreading the abundance, definitely go leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you so much and I'm sending you lots of abundance and love. (laughs) 